Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein K and Jamie Klein Stozer. We know a little something about dreaming big. In our day jobs, we run the fashion and media division of our family staffing firm in New York City, Choice Associates. We have built a brand around helping others and good energy. Known in our personal and professional worlds as light workers, igniters, and most of all believers, Jamie and I are not only dreamers, but we are doers, and we hope our energy is contagious. On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's the Matter, we will shine light on a hot and relevant topic that means something to us, and we are sure will mean something to all of you. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe now and follow us on social media at Dreamcatchers23 for updates and episodes. Welcome back to the Dreamcatchers podcast, everyone. Twice in one week, Marissa and I podcasted, which is rare for us. It's a new year. We are back Coming at in it. Hot. Coming in hot. Um, today, we are here with two lovely guests. We're going to actually have them introduce themselves in just a second. But we are here for a What's the Matter episode today, which we haven't done in a long time. And just to kind of recap for our new listeners or for our old listeners, or even for our guests, we typically have three pillars of our podcast. We started What's the Matter because we found that, first of all, I love a double entendre, as does my sister. So What's the Matter was as about, actually came about during COVID when we started talking about masks and vaccines and people who worked in different industries that were facing certain challenges. And we, when we were faced with you guys today, thinking about what we wanted to theme this podcast, you know, we we could go, what's your story, which is unpacking your full career paths. We could go, what's um, what's the word, which is where we kind of think about a specific word that we want to talk about or a specific idea. But I felt like what's the matter was just like, like working moms, man, like it's a thing. And we obviously all have made a career out of it. Um, so I think that is the matter. And it's something that is a matter at hand for so many of us. And so many people out there that listen to us and that we help, and I'm sure you feel the same. And there's so much to unpack as far as being a working parent and what it means to balance and and going back to work after the pandemic and all of the above. So what's the matter? Working Moms Edition. Um, And just thrilled to have you both here today. And Again, I want to say, I did say this when we promoted the the um, the episode, we are doing this as what we call a crossover event in that these ladies have their own podcast as well. So we're going to have them talk about their podcast and what they usually talk about today. We're going to maybe even, spoiler alert, let them ask us a couple of questions that we don't know what they'll be, but maybe we'll hopefully have a good answer for. Um, but we're just so happy to have you both here. And Marissa, did you have anything you wanted to add to that before we let them introduce themselves? I just was wondering where you both were when I needed you and I had little kids. <laughs> because guess what? The struggle was real. Yeah. Now I'm in a different struggle that's also real, like the 14-year-old mood swings between 708 <laughs> and 808 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wondering when the working moms podcast stuff will, you know, all of our stuff will elevate up or level up to like then working moms of teenagers. Yeah, that's a fun topic. 
Well, we'll get there. Hopefully we'll all age up together. Um, all right. So Kimberly, Ashley, I don't, whomever asked, start us off, let us know who you are, your, you know, a little bit about your business and then, you know, what you do and currently, and then, you know, a little bit maybe about your, your podcast as well. And then we'll dig deep into how you got to where you are. Kimberly, I love your glasses, by the way. Oh, thank you. So cute. <laughs> they look good on screen too. Oh, good. <laughs> good to know. Um, yeah, I'll start. Uh, so what do I do? I own an organization that supports the transition back to work after parental leave. And it kind of goes through the longevity of, um, you know, your journey of becoming a parent and returning to work and beyond. And so we help employers retain working parents in the workforce by actually seeing, hearing them and training um, managers and leaders on how to support them. And then also providing a supportive network community um, and uh, with experts and coaching uh, to help the employees feel seen, heard, and able to return with a roadmap that works for them. So that's our goal with that. And we have an individual program that supports that too. Uh, and it's my baby, essentially. It's like my, what, fourth baby. <laughs> Um, uh, and yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. I live in, um, California, uh, and, uh, it's, it's funny how we met to do our podcast, but we were talking about similar missions, Ashley and I, uh, we have children around the same age and going through a similar stage in our career and just felt connected in the mission to really change the conversation and really make a difference on how we support parents in the workplace. Uh, so we started a podcast in what, 2021 um, yep. called Motherhood and Career Collide because ultimately I said to Ashley, I don't want to like wait for someone to invite me into this conversation. I just let's just start it. Let's just have a place to talk about like the things that we are going through, what we hear people going through, mm-hmm. um, what we're doing in our jobs to support, um, working parents. And it's been so fun and it's such a great outlet. I love that. I, I couldn't agree more. We love podcasting and we didn't expect to like love it as much as we do. And I'll give some color here just because, you know, hopefully your listeners will hear this as well, that, you know, Marissa and I were career recruiters and we had a lot of young staff that worked for us and not to be ageist, but we, when I'm talking about myself, I guess I can be where we were like, somebody said to us, we were chatting in the office and somebody said to us, you know, you guys should start a podcast. And Marissa and I were like, what? Like, what's a podcast? Like, you know, I was like, I mean, I know what it is. I see the app on my phone, but like, what does it mean? Um, and around the same time, we got invited to be guests on our friends podcast. That was a branding podcast about our brand and our branding. And we just caught the bug. We did it over at Ming Studio, which is here locally in New Jersey, where we live. And um, it was so cathartic to get on the microphone and and start the conversation, like you said, about career and why you work and what makes you tick. And this is what Marissa and I would sit around talking about, like, because we're geeks about staffing, but 
we knew that it would be something that would help other people. So our first few episodes were just us. And then we started inviting guests on and we've, I think we figured out the other day, this is our 73rd episode, um, which we thought we were at 75, but we're not yet. Ming, while we were recording the other night, Ming definitely counted our episodes because we thought we were at 75. Um, so it's just, I like, to, such a I like to inflate things sometimes. Just yeah, it's like, oh, this is our, like our 84th episode. It's, it's not um, inflating, it's optimism. Yes, optimism. So uh, we're just, we love it. And we love talking to, you know, other people about what they do and why they do it and how they got into what they what they do. And because I feel that so many people out there just are are lost and need a little bit of that direction. And sometimes just hearing it from other people that know a little bit more in a certain area might might get them there. So anyway, I couldn't agree with you more about loving doing podcasting. So actually, I love that you guys, I love yeah. that you guys took your missions and say, and, and sync them together. I agree. Um, in the, in that, in the podcast. I agree. Um, yeah. I, I really think when I was looking at both of you, it's like, you're coming at, you're coming from two different pieces of the puzzle, but we're all in the same I mean, I, I'm not sure where my analogy was going there, but we're all in the same puzzle, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. No matter where you are, even mm-hmm. Jamie and I, I mean, being a working parent is a component of almost every conversation I've had professionally in at least the last, you know, if I have 10 calls a day, seven of them have a working parent on the other line. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other mm-hmm. three, you're just like, oh, you guys are okay. Oh, do we yeah, do for now. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. For now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're late for yoga. Um, so <laughs> everyone's entitled to the stage of life that they're in. We were all there once. Yeah. Um, yes. And that I think comes with years of wisdom when you're just like, okay, like I know what comes next for you. So just don't worry. Enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy. Like enjoy, enjoy this level. Shit. Enjoy your youth problems. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. totally. So, so, Ashley, anyway. Ashley, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us about you, a little bit about your business. I'd love to hear oh, from well. you. Thank you so much for having me. And I couldn't agree more. It's been such a pleasure working with Kimberly on our podcast and just working through motherhood and career and life with her. So it really did just work out so nicely that, you know, we actually, we've never met in person. Um I live in New Jersey and she lives in California. And so we just have this long distance friendship. Um, And it's, it's just been so fun doing motherhood with her. So all that to say that I think it's really awesome to normalize, you know, creating these connections through the mediums that we have and not Mm -hmm. necessarily even relying on the people only in your town, you know, like, I consider Kimberly one of my closest friends. She knows some of like the most intimate things about me. And it's really nice to have that friendship with her um, outside of, you know, just normal life. But anyway, so um, like I said, I live in um, New Jersey and by trade, I'm a physician assistant. So I specialize in sports medicine um, and I spent half my days in the clinic, seeing sports medicine cases and injuries and the other half of the time in the hospital doing sports medicine surgery cases, um, like ACL reconstructions, uh, rotator cuff repairs. And then, um, I was living the dream as you said, you know, single, uh, well not single, but 
childless, Mm -hmm. (laughs) really focusing on career and loving it. And I thought that getting pregnant wouldn't really change that. And so I spent a lot of my first pregnancy considering it like a fun, cute accessory, like, oh, look at me and like my bump growing and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden reality hits when they put that baby in your arms and you're on maternity leave and you're trying to figure out all this stuff and the time, the clock is ticking. You're trying to get back to work, which you want to do, but you also don't want to do. And it was as you said, there were no resources out there for how to navigate this. And so I was hoping to meet a few working women within my community that I could ask these questions to. And, you know, five years later, here we are, um, working mom notes is a fully established company and it's a supported platform for working moms. We focus a lot on pregnancy discrimination, returning to the office, Um, I really like to just streamline information and provide resources to working moms, maybe things that might not be on their radar and just really advocate for women in general. So that's, that's a little bit about me. I have three kids, um, ages seven, five, and three. And I love that. It's crazy. (laughs) So you both saw, you know, listen, the first thing I'll say as far as what you just gave us as your bios, you know, and we tell this to our clients all the time of like, you know, we, as I said, off air, but I'll say on air, the Dreamcatchers has now become a full service career consultancy, career services um, company that offers resume rewriting, LinkedIn strategy, and just job search strategy as as a whole um, to job seekers. Um, We specialize in beginners to pivoters, rebounders, as we call them, which is people coming back to work. Um, climbers, which are people just trying to climb up the ladder and just don't know how to do it, or they've been at the same place for 10 years and they just can't get out of their own way and need a, a revamp. Um, so we've been doing, you know, staffing and recruiting for for 20 years and really staring at resumes for a living. So now we can help people figure out what the hell to write on there. Um, but I think what you were saying is so true. It's like, you don't, you know, you want to go back to work. You don't really want to go back to work. You don't know how to go back to work. And you don't necessarily have the resources to do that. And the fact that you both, and we say this all the time to people, you saw a need and you filled that need, right? You both saw an issue, a missing piece to the puzzle that you were living in and you fixed it instead of watching it happen to you, which is very commendable. And I think that's really inspirational to our listeners to hear that if you're feeling the feels about something, there's always a way to fix it. Now, in this um, generation, we have information and resources like at our fingertips, but you just may not know that they exist. So here you are in an opportunity where, what is that going on in Marissa's screen? Do you see I don't that? know. Yeah. Oh my God. Guys. That- <laughs> Hello. Yeah, we can hear you. <laughs> Wait. That is so weird. It's like pictures of all of us, like going across okay. your screen. Okay. <laughs> Um, maybe maybe I'll log back out and log back in. I don't know what the hell that is. Um, but anyway, also, I don't like the way my eyes are bugging out. I'm gonna log out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't look at me. I'm heinous. <laughs> my eyes. Okay. So anyway, I Marissa's coming right back. But um, I just love that you saw a need and you and you fixed it. That's that's really what Marissa and I are trying to do too. You know, through COVID. Oh, now it's happening to me. Do you see that? <laughs> what is that? I'm just going to 
I'm going to let it go. And then we'll, you know, we'll see what happens, but um, you can still hear me, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're oh, there we go. Oh, there you go. Oh, there we go. I don't know what's happening. Um, is Mercury in retrograde? Cause by the way, you also had like something with your earphone, your earpods before. I wonder if it's technology right now. Yeah. Um, it was weird. So weird. So what I was, I was about to say is that so many of our listeners are like, like you guys where they're just feeling lost in some direction. And I think that, um, just hearing from four women that saw a need and fixed it, I, or try, I was trying to fix it or start conversations around it, I think is really inspirational. I'm hoping, I mean, it inspires me and it keeps me going. So I'm hoping that, um, our listeners feel the same. So to start the conversation, we always ask the same question. And I think it's really fun because it typically lands us in an interesting place, depending on the answers. Um, Marissa, after you left, by the way, mine got like funky too. So it's not just you. Um, oh no, we're, we're continuing the conversation. Uh oh, you guys, what is happening? Just turn off your screen though, and um, we'll just continue because we're recording, so might as well. Okay. Um. So anyway, the sorry to our listeners on the podcast, we're having some tech difficulties in the, in the Facebook world or the Zoom world. <laughs> Um, so tell us what is your earliest memory of what you wanted to be when you grew up? Because we find that having that conversation feels just fun, one, but two, it's sometimes Marissa loves to do this, but we love to correlate it sometimes. Like sometimes your most of the time, our earliest thing that we wanted to be has some sort of tie-in to what we're actually doing Don't with our me. lives. But hey, I can't the audience, hear- let me answer. Let's I can't hear. hear you. Oh, there you are. Um, so tell us what it is that you wanted to be. What's your earliest memory? Ashley, what about you? Like, do you like what your first thing that you wanted to be when you grew up was when you were little? Um, ironically, I wrote about this in kindergarten. I, mean, I have like a book and I would have never remembered this unless it existed. And my parents kept it. And I said I wanted to be a cheerleader. Uh. <laughs> And ironic, <laughs> and and Kimberly is laughing because she she's always said that if you ever need a cheerleader, Ashley's your girl. <laughs> I love it. See, there you go. <laughs> so See, there it you does go. Correl- it does correlate. And now, obviously, you're not a cheerleader. Did you ever cheer no. though, growing up? No. Did you ever? No. Do okay. No. So <laughs> somehow, little Ashley, five six year old Ashley, you know, mm-hmm. knew that there was something innate in you that liked to you know, bring people together and cheer people up. I love that. I love that. Correct. Yes. I think that's what it ultimately was. And then secondarily, I, um, I've always been very creative and artistic. And so I really wanted to bring some element of creativity to that level of raising people up. So I think I sort of married those two in a, in an interesting way. Similarly, I mean, people probably don't think of it this way, but surgery is that way a lot. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's an art, in there. And, um, and it takes a special type of visual, um, awareness in order to really understand and respect and execute, um, those surgeries. So I think even in such a technical field that I was in, I was still able to use that creative outlet in a way that, um, was really fulfilling. I love that. Yeah. You know, I think, Look, you you figured it out on your own, obviously. And obviously, Kimberly saw it in you. Um, but 
it's so fascinating. Like you're obviously not a cheerleader. Um, but that exercise alone, okay. we, we, like don't, that, we don't know that we don't know what she does off air. Like, are you a cheerleader? Like, but like that exercise alone, you can see, like, we, we'll, we'll sit down with you, with our job seekers and say like, like, let's dig deep. Like, what did you want to be? Like, mm-hmm. and if you're not doing those things, how can we tap into those skills and those early dreams to kind of dissect, you know, what it is that you maybe could be doing now or bringing to your current role? Um, I love that cheerleader. I think that might be the first time we've heard that one for us. <laughs> I love it. Um, I love it too. Also, I, and I know we'll get to this a little bit, Ashley, but I think it's kind of interesting that you have a creative side, a, 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 a human or sensitive side, and then also a science month. Um, yeah. those three things don't usually exist together. So mm-hmm. I cheer, see what I did there for you for collaborating <laughs> those three um, in your day to day. So one thing I just want to ask, yeah. even before we switch and ask Kimberly the same question, are you still in and out of, um, uh, with patients? No, after, um, when the, actually what happened was, and I'm very open about this. I had three babies in five years in a very, very busy orthopedic private practice where I was seeing upwards of 60 patients a day, um, mm-hmm. on clinic days and doing about upwards of 15 surgeries a week, um, if not more, plus taking call, um, including holiday calls. And it was just the perfect um, recipe for burnout, (laughs) being a young working mother. And um, when I returned from my final maternity leave, the environment was quite toxic. And so it was time for me to go. So I resigned and began looking for other jobs. Um, and within my interview process, that was, and I think we all know this date. Well, um, I resigned at the end of January, 2020. Um, you had a a premonition. Sorry. Sorry, That was my, did you enjoy my laugh? Sorry. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I had no idea. I just thought I was going to go get another job and then, you know, boom. Uh, jokes, jokes on jokes all that. on uh, me. Yes, and yeah. uh, I had a four-year-old, a two-year-old and a five month old. And I was like, I can't go into a hospital with this unknown virus, just running rampant across the entire world. Um, and so I said, you know what, this is a sign. I've always had working mom notes on the side and it's, I've wanted so desperately to tap into more of it. And it just seemed like it was the perfect time. I spoke to my husband and he you know, was supportive and agreed that this was the direction I should take for now. And, you know, here we are in 2023 and I'm still, still doing this. Still doing it. Amazing. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always say, you know, I, we say this a lot, but like, you don't want to, was- you don't miss rotator cuffs at all. <laughs> Sometimes. I, have I, do have, I do have a couple of questions about mine. We'll <laughs> if you want to look at mine. But I just, I was going to say like COVID was such a funny gift, wasn't it? For like so many people, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, we talk about it like literally every day, how we, it was. And it we have to use something. those words. We have to use those words craftily. Right. So, yeah. you know, um, yeah. it was obviously a horrible thing that happened. It hurt so many people, but the silver linings in that pause allowed a lot of fruitful things to happen. Oh, God. God. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Oh, there she goes again. Um, um, I so there, a lot of fruitful things happened because of the pause. Like anything else in human life, 
we rise from our ashes sometimes or most mm-hmm. of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I commend you for taking that leap or using the pause that you could not control and manifesting something that you could control um, or could, could gift others, which is awesome. Um, and look what you've done. And by the way, mm-hmm. we won't even, we won't even waste minutes talking about being a mother who had a career, who paused in a career and had three small children during COVID. Like we won't, mm-hmm. we don't have to spend time on that. We all know what that felt like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, you know, anyway. Okay. So Kimberly, do we go, do we prefer Kimberly? Cause I feel like you are a Kimberly or are you a Kim? I'm a, whatever anyone wants to call me. <laughs> I feel like a pretty name. I love it when people use it full. Um, okay. So Kim or Kimberly, what is your earliest memory of what you wanted to be when you were a grown up? Yeah. So it's interesting because I have more, I have like a very vague thought that maybe I wanted to be an artist from this one canvas painting I did. I don't remember how old I was. I just really enjoyed doing the canvas. So I believe that might've been in, in the hemisphere of something I wanted to do. Um, but it really was defined like early on, I would say in middle school where I really wanted to go into a corporate business environment, wear a suit and work in a high rise building. And I don't even know, like I laugh at that now, right? Uh, We're having feedback. Wait, hold on one second. I'm in here again, which doesn't make any sense because I didn't do anything. So something really weird is happening. <laughs> something so weird okay. is happening, guys. Anyway, um, <laughs> how do I get rid of that? Ming, come back for a second. We're having a problem. Do you see that? Like, why am I in there again? Uh, No, you just left. You're good. Okay. By the way, I didn't do that. Hey, guys. Like, a <laughs> like that so, was like a ghost. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Um, yeah. So anyway, it was just, it obviously it's, I, I don't know what I was thinking, <laughs> but I you wanted to um, maybe be an artist of some kind. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I really wanted to like probably around middle school. I really wanted to work in a high rise building, wear a suit, have a briefcase, like do the whole thing, live in a city like have that experience. That is what I wanted. And I like worked very hard to make that happen. I went to a business school in New England and did exactly that. I worked for a very large fortune 100 company, spent 15 years there. I didn't work in a high rise. I worked in a two-story building, but I came close. Um, I would go into high rises for meetings. Um, but it was, uh, it was, it's interesting that like right from a young age, like I had this goal of essentially it had to do with like getting out of where I was growing up, not because it was toxic. It was just, I just thought there was more to see. And so I lived in the state of Maine. I lived in the middle of nowhere and sort of was like, there's got to be more than this. And I really want to go explore it and do it. I love that. And I, again, that's something that's, you know, it's digging deep into our core. You know, we all often say our work is therapeutic and no different than 
actual therapy where they ask you some of these formative questions, you know, if you're thinking about your career and why you do what you do, I think a lot of that stems from when we're very young and like the way that we grew up or the town that we grew up in or, you know, where we chose to go to school and who we surrounded ourselves by. So I think that's so fascinating. And obviously Marissa likes to do the correlation part. Um, Marissa, do you want to try to take her liking art on canvas and what she does now? You're muted. Are you there? I'm here. Oh, there you're, okay. um, so liking art on canvas to having the dream big moment of wanting to be in the big high rises in your suit, which by the way, I completely had a similar want. Um, I was always, I wanted to be this. I don't know what this does for me, but I wanted to be Heather Locklear on Melrose Place. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was who I wanted to be for a, a long time, like a significant amount like of time. Like a boss babe, like, yeah. like, you know. With the suit and the jacket and the skirt and the briefcase and the look. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so I think also, I, I also have to pay attention for your journey is you have a lot to offer. So my correlation for you is that you've experienced life. I mean, you're from a small town. You went to school. You said in the New England area business school. So I'm going to maybe say Babson or Bentley without looking at your profile. Um, so, and that- so, so close. I went to Bryant. Oh, I missed the third. Oh, you can't see my arm. I missed the third one. I'm sorry. Um, the third B. Um, and yes. that means you were in the Boston area, which is why you didn't have the high rise and you had the two floors. Got it. And then a, a little girl from Maine is living in California. So I, I think you had um, wanderlust in you and you, you were a doer. Um, so artist to canvas to building to leader is where I am. I mean, it's a little convoluted, but also you were painting what you wanted to see. Mm. So I think that that is my conclusion. I really I wish that. you guys could see my face. So I'm going to join in on my phone. It's really distracting. Um, but I love that story. And I love, I can't wait to hear the next pieces of the puzzle. Yeah, I would love, I would love that actually. We can start with you, Kimberly, and just kind of, so walk us through just quickly, you know, cause we want to spend yeah. more time on your, um, what you're doing now and your, and your podcast and your communities. Um, and just what keeps you inspired and going, but would love to hear just a quick, you know, if you can give me like a, like a, like a quick elevator pitch almost of what happened next, right? So you go to this business school. I know from looking at your, uh, LinkedIn and anybody that can find you would see that you worked for many years in, at Staples and in sales development roles and sales roles. So would love to hear kind of how you got there. Um, so obviously you wanted to be this artist. That's not what you're necessarily doing, but Marissa did such a wonderful job correlating what you are doing. What happened there? Like, did you have internships in college? What was your first job? Like, how did you, um, actually start us there? What was your first real job? We like to say that because I think it's fun to kind of also share with people that are currently kind of on this job search journey that sometimes those first jobs can be formative. So we'd love to hear kind of from first job to, you know, where you spent your career. And then of course, we'll get to what you're doing now. So just give us that quick, you know, overview of of how it all went down. 
Yeah. So when you say first job, do you mean in college? Not no, like, like your work? first job. We like to always okay. remind people that that's a really formative experience too that we yeah. can draw upon. So sure. what was your first paying job? Like the first paycheck? Okay. So I worked for an amusement amusement park in Saco, Maine, called Fun Town. Oh my god! And I, love this. I was. I was a ride <laughs> operator. And then the following year I became like a man, a supervisor of the ride operators. Uh, so that's, that was my first job. So I learned how to like ride all like, oh, it was, it was super that. safe. I love that. Super safe because of you. Yes. <laughs> Learning so much. Like checking, <laughs> she's like checking everybody's belt, like make sure the things like heart, like down. Oh my God. I love this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a very formative job as a mom. Like you're like checking people's like seatbelts at like 15 or wherever, however old you were. Okay. So yeah, she yeah. got promoted. She got promoted. Yes, got promoted. Like when she's a, a teenager. I love that. So, okay. So your first job was a ride operator. I love that. So how did you end up going into business school? Did you have internships? What did you, how did you start your career? Yeah. So I, business school was always on my mind. So kind of what I said before about like really feeling like this need to work in a high rise and wear the suit and be Heather Locklear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So I knew I wanted to go to a business school. I knew I wanted to go to a bigger school, bigger environment than I was currently at in New in Maine. But I knew that I couldn't like jump into, you know, like downtown Boston and go to BU or something like that. Like I had to sort of work my way into that scenario. So I went to school. Brian, for those of you that aren't from the, you know, New England area is in Rhode Island. Um, So it was like a nice marriage because it's close enough to Providence. And it's also not too far from downtown Boston. So it was a great way to just like ease my way into it. I loved Brian. I loved the campus. I stepped on there and immediately was drawn to it. I looked at a bunch of schools, including Babson and Bentley. Um, I played soccer there. Um, So um, I played on their collegiate team. And they, one of the things that drew me to Bryant was they have a 99 percentile rate of placing students out of college into jobs. And that was major. I was like, if I'm going to spend all this money and put myself into debt, I need like some reassurance that I'm going to have a job after I graduate it. I love that Um, you like thought about this at that age. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I love this. Yes. Because that is so big. I mean, I went to Michigan, by the way, go blue. We always say that when we're on here, <laughs> Ming, because Ming, Ming did as well. So we always have this small Michigan connection. I, I don't, I don't say it. Ash. And we have yet yeah, Mercy, but we had like, you know, 40,000 undergrads. Blah, blah, and I was this, I had this amazing degree and had very little resource, which is one of the reasons I also do a lot of work with the school, because like you're saying, you know, to have that knowledge and wherewithal as, as a student to realize like, what are you going to do for me after this? Like, how can you mm-hmm. help? What are the resources mm-hmm. is so key. And some of these smaller business or liberal arts schools have great kind of feeder programs into the community, like corporate America. And that's some just awesome. don't. There's That's amazing that you like thought mm-hmm. of that. And, so, and, and I mean, it's it. also, it's not the norm. It's not the norm to come up with those kind of thoughts. I agree. Um, but by the way, also, Ashley, did, to- you know, did you know that she played soccer in college? I did. Yes. Did yeah. you know she was a ride <laughs> operator, Ashley? No. 
Okay. Just, I'm, just like wondering, I'm just like wondering where this like virtual friendship stopped because I think the ride operator was a real secret that like she was keeping from all of us. But um, a, collegiate, a collegiate athlete speaks volumes to work okay. ethic, dedication, and the ability to show up. I don't know how much soccer you're playing now these days, Kim. Um, yeah, running, I'm not running the fields. No, I'm not coaching. Field, right? Coach, I'm. I am being talked into possibly coaching uh-huh. my daughter's. You know, four year old soccer team. I personally don't think that's a good fit for me. <laughs> um, maybe you wait. Maybe you wait. Yes. Wait until she's bigger. But by the way, you know this real yes. true true working mom moment here. The minute they get their fingers in you. They will never let go. Yeah. Right. So, so once they know that you're a soccer coach, you're in. Like there's yeah, no way. Be like, oh, that Kimberly played collegiate soccer. We're gonna tap her for blah yeah. blah 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 blah. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. be careful. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so Bryant, love it. Um, obviously, as a recruiter and also a fellow small business grad, I am quite familiar with the programming that you had. Um, oh, good. And, oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think so. And then we did. So we did the the ride operator. We did and then the travel we get, to California. And then how, how do we, we get, get into to where we are what you're today? Doing now? Yeah. Like, tell us yeah. about your you spent a lot of years at Staples, which I know is a very prestigious, amazing program as far as their training, because I know some I had some friends. I can't place it now. Somebody that went through that, you probably would know, but I, I'll go there after. So tell us how you kind of worked your way up that corporate ladder. And then of course, pivoted a little bit into what you're doing now. Yeah. So Staples interviewed on our campus and offered me a job. They they were like, you'll be great in San Diego. I'm like, I've never been West of the Mississippi. Like, what are you talking about? And I ended up like going out there for an interview, decided I think I'm going to go out there. I had two job opportunities, one in Massachusetts, one in San Diego. And I said, I think I'm going to try this. I took two bags out there and said, I don't want to ever wonder 10 years down the road, what would have happened if I went to California? So that was sort of how I made the decision. And then Staples just ended up being in a very growth. um, They were in a growth time of, of the West Coast. So they were building out their West Coast operations they were pretty small where they were really big on the East coast, which also was like a nice, it was like, I can always go back. I can transfer back to the East coast. I loved mm-hmm. having that big company net. with that. Yeah. With that small experience, entrepreneurial sort of atmosphere out on the West coast, but we always had the backing of a large organization to support us. Um, so that's sort of how I, um, kind of went up the ladder. I had exposure to a lot of, um, executive leadership early on because they were flying out for the West coast and, um, really watching how that was being built out. Uh, and I loved it. Our, the stock split while I was there, like there were just a lot of amazing things going on during that time. And if you talk to anyone that staples during, you know, 2001 to about 2015, they'll all say similar things. It's just like a really growth period for the company. And it was really fun. And, um, I had kids and after I had my first kid, 
I was sort of shocked by my experience. I felt completely unprepared, even though, as you can kind of see, like I do a lot of research. I really like to keep myself um, in the know. And so I was shocked. I was like, wait a minute, how do people go back to work? And I looked to the left and my right to ask these questions to, you know, employees that were further along in their career or parents that were in different jobs. And they said, you just power through. And I was like, wow, that, that can't be the way that can't be that that's not right. Like you don't just power through and sort of shock that this amazing organization that I loved didn't have the tools to help support me. So learning motherhood sort of became like a nugget in my brain of like, I want to do something with that someday. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. after our second kid, um, there was some structural changes. Uh, A huge part of our department was sold off to another organization. They kept me, but they changed my territory to west of the Mississippi. And I had a two-month, a four-month-old and a two-year-old, newly two-year-old. And I'm on the West Coast. I don't have family out here. And they said I had to be on a plane for three out of five days a week. Um, yeah, so basically, those. yeah. And so you're there on Monday, um, you leave for flight later that day, and then you come back Thursday and you're home on Friday for a full year. And I was like, I can't, I can't do that. That's not going to work. So unfortunately we had, um, to make hard decisions, um, because they wanted to keep me, but the solutions were like a 15% pay cut and a different job that wasn't right. And like, this goes back to making sure you understand the laws in your state of what you have access to and understanding your rights. And that became like a really huge part of what learning motherhood is today, because I knew if they changed my job description, I had the opportunity to get a severance package um, mm-hmm. because I was on parental leave. Um, they Not everyone knew that, that I was talking to about this situation. And I'm very grateful that... Um, I knew that. And so I ended up advocating for a severance package that lasted us about a year and uh, started learning motherhood and really happy to be supporting organizations in kind of not having a me situation happen to them. Totally. And now how do you, um, Marcy, you're glitching again. It's next level. It literally looks like you're like an eighties television, (laughs) like trying to get like an antenna. Um, Speaking of actually like predating uh oh yeah Melrose place um anyway so tell us how do you like I just find it so interesting let's so now that we're here we typically talk about like the aha moment where we kind of covered both of your aha moments right you both had different yet separate aha moments of starting this conversation for others for yourself making something new out of nothing you know building something from the ground up I love all of that. And I, I would love to hear now a little bit from each of you. We can go back to Ashley for a second. Tell us about what it is that you currently do a little bit more. Like, how do you support others? How do people find you? What do you, how have you built what you're currently doing? Um, and then we'll go back to Kimberly and ask the same thing. Cause I think what you guys are offering are, is so unique for um, our audience. And I think, you know, our listeners probably could really benefit, I'm sure from some of the things that you guys are providing and the community that you're providing. And also because Marissa and I have so many years of experience in staffing, 
have a lot of HR contacts and listeners that might be interested in some of the work that Kimberly's doing from a corporate level, not just from the support of the yeah, I agree. employees. So I'd love to hear from both of you a little bit more about your businesses. So Ashley, tell us a little bit more mm-hmm. about what it is that you guys do, what you offer, um, mm-hmm. and how people get involved in, in your community. So my main mission is to empower the working mother through community and experience. So what does that mean? We have a community on Instagram. So, you know, free, come, laugh, talk, comment, engage, um, which is great. I usually try to have a running poll in stories so that people can feel validated or just get concepts of what type of advice other working moms have. And we Mm -hmm. just keep it as real and as raw as possible. Like the things that most people don't want to talk about. I mean, Kimberly knows (laughs) I'm the one that will talk about it. You come on over and we'll have that conversation. Anything uncomfortable, bring it on. Um, I'm really diving into advocacy work um, for working women um, of all races and backgrounds to really just lift women up from all socioeconomic backgrounds. That is project 2023, um, in the works right now. I've had some great meetings about that. And then ultimately within my community, we have a private Facebook group and really the goal is just to support one another. We're doing a local working clothing drive. So professional clothing, like a clean out your closet kind of clothing to donate. I to- love that. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing like dress for success. Oh, dress for success. I used to do a lot of work with them. Yeah. Me too. I love that organization. Yep. So all the working moms are going to come together and clear out their closets and they can either swap or they'll get a credit for how much they bring into, we're doing it at a local female owned boutique and it will give them credit towards the store to fill their closet with some new items. That's adorable. So just Great idea. Things like this really just to support my community in any and all ways and lift women up so that they feel like they are not alone. That's what Working Mom Notes is all about. I love that. And now how do you find that people are, you know, it's so somebody out there is listening and they're they're the best way to start, if you will, to get involved in what you're mm-hmm. doing is to follow along on Instagram, you would say, or what's the like yes. way to get involved? Okay. That's Follow on way. Instagram and um, join my email list. So if you I love go that. to my, my website, workingmomnotes.com and subscribe to my email list, I do not, I am not an email marketing campaign person. I will send you an email when I have something important to say. And if you're on my email list, you know this. So mm-hmm. that's sometimes once a month, that's sometimes once every three months, that's sometimes, you know, once a week, you know, whatever it may be, but I can promise you if it's in your inbox from me, it's something that you're going to want to read. And it's short, it's concise, it's to the point. And then we all move on and you're in the know about what's going on. Tell us about the name. I think it's interesting, your name. Where did that come from? Working mom notes? Is it like notes to yourself, notes to others? Where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Where did, tell us about that. I was literally sitting uh, nursing my baby, thinking to myself as I was trying to figure out how I was going to pump at work and what I was going to do with my milk and all this stuff. And I thought to myself, I really wish I had the cliff notes on being a working mom. 
So that's sort of where it came from. Like, oh, where it's like working mom cliffs notes, which sounded mm-hmm. too long. So I shortened it to working mom, working notes. mom notes. I love that. And, and by the yeah. way, I loved cliffs notes. Um, yes. <laughs> Jamie, I'm like, give Jamie, me, Jamie, just give me the highlights. And you is the queen of cliff notes. So yes. I did. I, you know, I'm sitting there listening to you guys and I, I, I want to kind of just like ask a question. It's not on the list. It's more like rhetorical. We're all mothers, mm-hmm. right? So there's something to be said about the feelings that I think is really important. Like there are days where you don't want to go to work. Like what you said earlier, because you feel like you need to be home. And there are days where as somebody that has always loved their career, that you want to go to work and you'd like to leave a lot of this behind. And there are all so days where there's like this weirdness of in between. And one of the things I've learned, I don't know if it's wisdom, years of practice now, I think all those feelings are just real valid and what happens. And I have two girls. I have two daughters. Like everything I do or everything that I know you guys are doing or you all are doing is because I don't want them to feel the way I felt. Mm-hmm. You know, it mm-hmm. shouldn't be mutually exclusive. Now, granted, we were changing the world. Um, uh, we didn't know we were, but by being mm-hmm. modern women and then also being modern mothers, you know, listen, there was a lot of, I'm sure you all, I know Jamie and I suffered this. I won't name names, wink, but like as a working mother for me, I was able to work from home a couple of days a week before it was trendy. Okay. Mm-hmm. That made me a misfit. Ready? a misfit between all women that had a very harder work struggle um, day to day than I did. And also a misfit with all the women that stayed home. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I was lost, Same. lost mm-hmm. with working mothers and lost with non-working mothers. Agreed. So mm-hmm. I need my own. What else is news? I was always, part-time. I'm just always, my- by the way, part-time working mom is a really hard title. Like when not to interrupt, but when we were in Hoboken, which is where we were living at the time with little kids, in New Jersey, you know, I, I always felt left out. I was like, oh, I can't go to that mommy and me class because that's the day I'm going into the city. And then the days that I was home, like I just always felt in between. It's a very hard thing. So yep. just being a working mom in general, no matter what type is challenging in literally right. every and single I, I just think that there's more every single little bit that you're doing, you know, and I gotta be honest with you, Ashley, like, I don't know if I really thought about I come from corporate. So my background's Mm -hmm. like Kim's. I didn't Mm -hmm. think about you with your medical background, Mm. doing your thing and like where you, like your day-to-day didn't enter my orbit. Not because Mm -hmm. I didn't respect it. It just isn't what I knew. So like what you're offering, like when I went on your Instagram, by the way, I've seen Instagram before because it makes it into my world a lot. So in fact, my best friend just sent me something from unbeknownst to you, from you, um, like two days ago. So, you know, I mean, I think the corporate world, unfortunately, has such bias. They forget that there's like a whole other world of working people that aren't just in corporate. Sorry, guilty. Um, You know, I, I just... I don't know. I'm kind of mesmerized at all the tools that you've put out there and then hope that in the few years that you've been doing it, that you've actually seen a difference. Because the other thing is my other deep feeling, 
that is more of a rhetorical comment that I want to hear your thoughts on is like, also, it might just be like us all growing up. Right. So this is, we're growing up in a different time. Like we're still growing up, right? We we're growing up. So we're growing up in a different time where being a working mother or a working woman is more, more than norm. And we're trying to reinvigorate balance and do all the things. Plus we're called to action and being more mom-like than any mother before us. Um, and then also be more productive than any generation before us, you know? And then I wonder, do you just naturally outgrow stages of your career? This is yeah. something I think about, right? Like, so now Ashley is fulfilled. This is, this is my career hat coming on. Okay. Before we transition to the next question. Now Ashley is fulfilled with her children and this business. It doesn't mean that she didn't love the PA world. It just means that the PA world and the day-to-day of it out didn't suit her lifestyle anymore. So are we changing? We're changing not only the way the companies work and how people feel in those companies, but we're also normalizing that if those changes don't suit you, that you can then reinvent like Kim does or Kim promotes or Jamie and I promote to do something else. And that's also okay. Um, And I don't really know if we all would have figured that out when you come out as a narcissist, 22 year old, not that you're being a narcissist, but like, you know, you think you're going to do, you're going to be Heather Locklear. There are no mm-hmm. obstacles, right? Mm-hmm. And then and all I think, of a sudden, by the, the way, I think, Heather. by the way, just to chime, chime in on that, it's like, it, it's very hard to like admit, right? So what Kimberly, it's almost like it's sometimes a gift when it happens to you, right? Because you're mm-hmm. like, okay, thank you, universe. I'm going to do something else, Right. Other times, I just had a, be- a girl a conversation with one of my best friends from college yesterday where I literally, I, I almost wanted to be like, why are you doing this? Just get out. Um, mm-hmm. And she's like, wait, maybe I should. You know, it's like, because I was like, are, do you need, like, we had like a real conversation. So I'm like, do you need this income? Why are you putting yourself through this? What, you know, and then all of a sudden she's like, I don't need to be doing this. And it's like, unless somebody like smacks you in the face with it, Sometimes it's really hard to shift. So kudos to both yeah, of you. But also, we identify by our, I mean, I identify right. by my career. I don't, yeah. But I said to her, I'm mean, like, just because you identify by your career doesn't mean that you can't do something else. It doesn't have to be this if you're not happy. I and, think you also don't want to be a quitter. You know, that was correct. my big thing. Totally. I, I didn't want to be a quitter. Like, yeah, I was so like, to don't tell me I can't do it. Because if you tell me I can't do it, I'm going to show you I can. Correct. Exactly. Well, Well, and I also say like, for me personally, it was like, I just dedicated so much of my life to kind of getting to where I was like, even through college and like really making an effort to be at where I was and to kind of have to, to change. And in my mind was to start over. It was a very challenging experience to go through because I've worked so hard to get into a leadership role and feel like respected and everyone knew me there. And it's really hard to be like, okay, I'm going to step away from this for the moment because it's not fitting into, you know, our family agenda. Um, That's not an easy thing to do, especially, I mean, I know people jump jobs way more frequently now, but um. I was sort of like a lone soldier with 15 years in one company, but I was jumping jobs inside the company. So they still all knew me. So 
Anyway, it's you also know, hard I, to I, let it, go. It's, it's those things. It's those little nuggets, yeah, right? You know, you can't, you can't monetize. You can't even unpack the emotions. You know, what about, what about the unspoken words, right? And I can say this amongst us, but we are in a public forum right now. So I choose my words wisely. I've never wanted to be, and I know a stay-at-home mom is one of the hardest jobs in the world, if not the hardest job. I have never wanted to be one, ever. Mm -hmm. And I had a hard time emotionally connecting to people that did. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not judging their choice, Mm -hmm. but they're not relatable to me. My insides don't match their insides. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what's for me, my whole thing is like what Kim is saying. I'm just calling her Kim and Kimberly. I'm just doing what works for me in the moment. I get to swapping. Um, I'm holding my phone. It's great. So um, lean it up against something, put it down, lean it. No, I can't. I can't. So, but what I'm saying is like, you know, I don't, I didn't judge others for their choices, but what would be the point of me having double majored in business and slaved my way all through the industry and had all that crap happen to me and then start my own company and then do all the things that I do to just stop. Mm -hmm. It's very hard. How do you stop? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for what, Mm -hmm. what am I showing my kids that they should break their butts on all these exams and feel like they should just press their luck for every single thing and make sure you try out for every team and like be on the collegiate soccer team wink and then just, you know, have kids and just stop. It's really challenging. Mm-hmm. And I think I like, get it. What does you know, that say? Every- it's just like a, a question mark as a culture that I'm still on the hamster wheel about. I'm still on it. I'm like, wait, I don't get it. I also do think that, you know, a lot of the mm-hmm. conversations that we have with people are like, you know, if it doesn't make sense for your finances or like your lifestyle to work because the amount of money you'll be bringing in is just going back out to childcare. I think, you know, mm-hmm. we've all had those conversations, I'm sure. Um. Especially my truth, in the New York and the New Jersey and the California area in our my, world. My a hundred percent. And my truth, which I'm not ashamed to share is literally, that's why I worked for many years. I wasn't really contributing to my household. I was contributing to our way of life, which are two different things, which a lot of people mm-hmm. don't differentiate mm-hmm. well enough. In my opinion, I said it this morning. I just talked about it with a my girlfriend this morning, literally where I said, I don't really contribute. I do more now, but I didn't really contribute for years to my household, right? To like the income and like the mortgage and like the stuff. But I contributed to our lifestyle, whether that's being able to hire a babysitter or being able to get my nails done without guilt or pay for my son's karate. Um, That is why I work and for my own sanity. So- there's a difference there. And I think there's a, that's a large conversation we can go off on a tangent about forever, I'm sure. But um, would love to bring it back over to Kimberly to be able to explain a little bit more about what she's doing, because I find it fascinating how you've been able to create community, of course, for people just like Ashley has, but also to bring this knowledge inside yeah. to whether it's HR people or tell us a little bit about that, like what you're doing to help. I'd advocate. love to hear an example of how you revolutionize some director of sales. <laughs> I want to hear the story, Kimberly. The tell me about how you, yeah. Yeah. You, you, you educated, wink, shamed somebody into knowing better. 
<laughs> well, I, th- I, you know, in terms of that, it's a lot of how communication is transformed um, when someone's on leave or pregnant or returning from work and how you communicate. And there's mm-hmm. so many examples of this and where people are like, I didn't even realize I was doing that. And I go, yeah. And you lost that person because of that, you know, mm-hmm. like you didn't, that's why I'm here to help you understand like how you're communicating actually does impact this person. They're on leave. They have, they're sleep deprived. There's all these different things that are going on in their life. And we're not humanizing the experience. It's more like, when are you coming back to my world? But you're not recognizing that their world at all. And these are humans. Um, we're not robots. So we have to humanize it. And actually like, I, I use a perfect example of like my career at Staples. I loved my, um, all the people I worked for, but many of them, I didn't even know they had a family. And while I don't need like your whole family history and story, but you know, you don't need to hide that you have a family. Um, and I think that there was so many components of that on a cultural standpoint that leave us in a place where it's uncomfortable. So I'm staring at you at the screen, but I really don't know what's going on with you. And when you're leading uh, a team, how can, how can anyone really follow you and believe in you if you don't know like a little bit about like what's going on in their hemisphere. And so what we work on is communication and training on how to support those on going on and returning from leave on a leadership level and what those steps look like and how you communicate and how you work with HR on this and HR teams, how to communicate. Like we'll look at emails and and give some advice on it. Like one example I'll give you is like, when someone's coming back to work and they say, I'm so excited for you to come back. I can't wait for you to be back here. All that person is hearing is, oh my gosh, there's so much work to do. They're going to hand me a ton of, excuse my language, but crap on my desk. And I'm going to have to like deal with all this. I don't even know how I'm going to be able to function. I'm sleep deprived. I don't know how I'm going to be able to make this happen how I'm going to be a full-time working parent and a full-time, um, full-time in my career. Like, how am I going to do this? Um, instead of saying, we are looking forward to having you and we have a great transition to help ease you back into your career. And we want to support you. And we're going to go through that with you. Please take your time when you come into work. We'll we'll walk you through it. We've got a plan ready for you and you know for your input. That's like a totally different thing that I'm just so excited. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. You know, so it's word like choice. Word as Marissa always says, word choice is so <laughs> important. Cho- I mean, listen, mm-hmm. we're doing that. Let's say, let me say something positive about a culture. Mm-hmm. If someone writes you now and says they have COVID, right? for the, you know, a lot of the emails, I mean, I know we're all in a forward facing business. So we send emails all the time. And, you know, when you send a lot of emails, you get a lot back where people are not feeling good. Right. So you get an email back. I'm on my second tour or my third tour, whatever. And I'm like, you know, you, you have the right words. You're like, well, rest up. Did you watch season two of white Lotus? You know, race back out to me when you're feeling, when you have your energy back and you can have this conversation because we've all experienced it. So therefore we can all speak to it. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A working woman, a working woman who has had children 
should be the best messenger should be should mm-hmm. be the mo- best messenger of some of these transitional ways of words. I mean, you know, there's to receive something to help you try to figure out those beginning months. I mean, it's a whole other trimester, if not a yeah. whole other pregnancy, trying to get your feet wet literally with balancing. How do you do work? How do you do baby? How do you get up in the middle of the night? How do you put your makeup on? How do you get out the door? What happens if your nanny's sick? Every single thing. And it, and it does for better or for worse, even though things are better fall predominantly on the mother truth. Yeah. So hashtag default parenting. Um, yeah. Default parent. (laughs) I mean, by the way, so I don't want to throw my husband under a bus, but he's working from home today in, in the minutes when I was disconnected before in the minutes when I tried to go back on and log out and my face still went into the weird screen. I said, if the dog barks while I'm on, can you take her out? And he said, well, I have a call. I can't take her out till one. I have a call and I'm only upstairs to get something out of my drawer. Okay. <laughs> right? Like, okay. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm, actually li- I'm actually live on air. Like, I'm like, I'm hello? Live. I'm like, what do you think I'm doing? But, it, you know, but this is, sorry. No, I mean, no one's going to hear it. I mean, he's not going to hear it. But I'm just <laughs> saying, like, these are the moments. And how many feelings do we as working mothers, how many times a day do you have a feeling like that? You're it's like unquantifiable. It's, un- it's unquantifiable. <laughs> if you had a quarter for every time you felt that, you wouldn't even need a job ever. <laughs> you know, and I think what you're doing, Kimberly, too, just to kind of um, take a minute to give you a little, you know, fanfare is, you know, not only are you allowing, you know, or, or advocating and kind of working with companies to try to help, but like, providing, like Marissa was saying, whether it's a lactation consultant or like mm-hmm. connecting people to all of that stuff that's just yeah. overwhelming. And I feel really grateful to having my babies in Hoboken because Hoboken, depending on where you live, right? So we had a great network in Hoboken. We had something called Hoboken Mommies. It was like a, you know, a, a, a website. What you guys Facebook. are offering, but for moms. Yes. And we were like able to commiserate, if you will, not to say, but that really is the word, right? It's like, let's all do this together. We're all in this together. We're trying to figure out this whole piece. Um, So you both are are able to provide this wonderful kind of outlet for people. So just to kind of shift the conversation into what keeps you going, what keeps you inspired, because obviously we could talk about your brands forever. Um, We love to ask these kind of wrap up questions just because we find that you know, we, we talk to such incredible people about their careers and what they do. And, you know, it's not easy, right? So here you are, both moms with multiple children and multiple businesses or, or you know, um, hustles that you're doing. What keeps you going? Obviously, each other, right? Leaning on communities that you're in and other entrepreneurs, et cetera. But, you know, do you have any mantras, any insight, any advice that you can share with other people out there that are maybe feeling those feelings right now? Like, am I going to leave my job? Do I want to start something else? So moving away from your clientele for a moment, because I know that's really where your brains usually go, but let's move to somebody out there that might be listening to the Dreamcatchers podcast today, thinking about maybe trying to start something like you two have done. What kinds of advice can you share to 
that person, the person that's like, you know what, Ashley's on to something. I'm going to do that too. Or Kimberly, you know, was forced out, if you will, forced to have to make change um, and now is doing this incredible work. So what kind of advice do you have? What keeps you going? What keeps you inspired? Do you have any mantras that you say to yourself? I mean, Marissa and I say things all the time. Like, for example, I'll give you one just for color. Um, One of our favorites is say yes, right? So we're in an opportunity now. We're we're in a, a business now and in a stage of our careers where every possible conversation with people like yourselves, with potential job seekers, small businesses looking to grow that want to talk to us, it gets challenging, but like, say yes, just have the conversation, see what's going you on, never know. see what's out there. You just never know. And we say that to job seekers all the time too. That's one of our favorite mantras. But anyway, I just shared that to give you some inspo. But um, you, either of you, Ashley can take the question first. Anything that keeps you going, keeps you inspired, any advice you can share to others that are mm-hmm. feeling the way that you felt when you were feeling those things? Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead and share. Um, similar to your just... Um, say yes. I, I would say just ask, um, whether it be, I need a, a day to work from home or, um, like a, negotiating a raise or you uh, needing help or leaning on a village and people say, well, I don't have a village. And, you know, I like to call people out and say, like, look around you. Everyone's part of your village. The, you know, the teachers are your village, your kids, teachers, the bus drivers, the people at the grocery store, the postman, everyone is a part of your village. And if you start looking at it that way, it makes your community feel much more connected and it allows you to be more open to people within your community to really connect and make the connections that you need on the ground to keep yourself afloat as you go through this whatever change agreed. exactly it's like a sesame street model right so mm-hmm. it's like sesame yeah. street when we were little <laughs> everybody's connected the person at the grocery yes. store this the person like oscar the grouch in the garbage can they're all part of the about you know all part of the street and i think that's a really yeah. great analogy ashley it's like whether you're trying to start something new whether you're feeling the feelings at work really trying to identify, Marissa and I call it your board of directors, right? But your village is a great, it's like, who do you know in your village that you can lean on? Because if you're trying to start Mm -hmm. something new, then I'm sure there's someone around you that you could ask. If it's that you are suffering and you want to find something new because, you know, unrelated to starting a new business, just want to figure out what's next for you in general, there's probably someone around you you can ask. And I think that's a great, mm-hmm. qu- the great mantra. Just ask, ask for help. Marissa mm-hmm. and I talk about By this the way, all the time. I am, I am terrible at that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Awful. Me too. <laughs> it's my mantra. I'm terrible at it, but I, I, <laughs> I can you know. tell lots of other people to do yeah. it, but I am yeah. terrible at it. <laughs> I um, have to work myself up to it. Like even yes. for example, I'm going to be away this Saturday for a bridal shower that's rolling into a bachelor party. My husband is on for all three kids, and there but look is how convenient that bride made it for you. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? Yes, how, nice yes. how I like it. How a double up. A double yeah, up. I know. Yeah. I've never done this before. I'm kind of excited. But so my point though is that there's this gymnastics activity happening. I also live in New Jersey at Rutgers University, and it's for all the Girl Scouts to go and see the gymnasts and. I know she would love it, but my husband can't juggle all of it. And it, I just like swallowed and said, okay, 
And I put out the group text to all the moms in Girl Scouts saying, is there anyone anyone okay okay bringing her? And I am like mortified. It's like you (laughs) sit here waiting for a response, but I think our, our kids give us the courage. So true. It's so true. (laughs) It's like the kids get, our kids give us the courage to do the things that we need. Um, Speaking of kids, my, the, what I'm talking about just came came home from school. Um, Hi. But, oh, she's so cute. Look how pretty you are. Yeah. Hi. Hi. So um yeah, so that's that's my point is just to ask. I mean, same thing. A a big quote that moms uh, a working mom said to me is, you know, negotiate your salary like you're advocating advocate yourself and negotiate your salary like you're advocating for your kids because you are. And that makes such a big difference when you think of it that way. So mm-hmm. when I ask, I think that I'm advocating for them and it really has nothing so much to do with me and it makes me feel stronger in the ask. I love that. Love. Love. I wrote it down. I wrote it down. All right, Kimberly, what about you? Any mantras, any advice, any thoughts like that, that you say to yourself, to your clients, to your friends, to your community? Yeah, I would say I, whenever I'm feeling like struggling, which we all do um, throughout the day or week, month is to talk about it and um, don't go out on it alone. Like really take the time to talk through it. And when I say that it's, it's uncomfortable for so many people, especially I think parents, especially women to say like, I'm struggling here. I'm having a hard time, but it's amazing what that does for you. And, um, it's a huge, huge win. Uh, I've had, during, I started learning motherhood during basically the pandemic, which is like a terrible time to start an organization. Um, during like a time when so much was shutting down. Uh, but what I will say is having the opportunity to talk to colleagues about sort of the good, bad, and ugly parts of it, um, mm-hmm. was so like me too. Okay. I'm, I'm not like, it's fine. I can still keep going. I can still go to the next level. Um, Mm -hmm. I also will say that don't ever make a decision too fast. Um, Let it sit with you for a bit before you make that. I think as parents also, especially young parents, uh, young parents, I mean, young parents with young children really struggle with this especially in that first year after having a baby, those feelings are so, so incredibly strong. It's hard to navigate like what to do in that moment, sit with it, have some time, think through it, talk about it. Um, and then come to a conclusion. Don't like make that decision too fast. Cause you never know, like no knee jerking. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. You might regret it. I know so many that did take time off and then they realized, wait a minute, I really don't like this. And I wish I could go back. And it's, you know, you know, it takes, you guys are recruiters, you know, that experience and how that looks. And so, you know, you got to really think through like the decisions that you're making. Is it a problem? Is it really that you want to stay home or is it that the company that you're currently at is not a good fit anymore? And those are the conversations that um, really need to happen. Yeah, I love, advice. I love great advice. Marissa and I actually say this all the time. It's like, you know, often people will come to us and they're like, I'm out. Like, I want to do something completely different. And sometimes it's not that you want to do something completely different. It's that you just don't want to do it there. 
Yeah. Like that's right. I mean, Kimberly, you, you of all people would be a per, like if you were coming to me and this hadn't started, you hadn't started this company, you would be exactly who I would meet. Mm-hmm. Somebody I would meet that worked at the same company for 15 years. That was, you know, a, a senior veteran that not senior veteran, you know what I mean? But a, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> a senior citizen veteran in the professional that remembers um, Melrose Place. Nothing, nothing we say <laughs> is correct, right? We have to edit everything. Anyway, experienced <laughs> professional. Um, and I would sit there and we would unpack. How much does everyone love Ashley's mug? By the way, love oh, yeah. it. Yeah, so love it, love it. Every I want whatever. I also want whatever's in, in it. Um, yeah. So coffee. anyway, but we would have to <laughs> unpack together. Like, you know, what do you want to do next? What is it that wasn't a right fit at Stables? Like the fact that you were able to 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 do what you're doing, to have the intuition and the bandwidth and the wherewithal and the knowledge and the inspo and the pacing to do what you've done is tremendous and not something that most people can do. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I am here to normalize the most people would come and be like, well, now what? Right. And Mm -hmm. the now what is maybe it's not such a knee jerk reaction. Exactly Mm -hmm. what you just said. You know, sometimes you just need to work somewhere else. Maybe it's just that you have great skills and you're tired. By the way, all these things are also true, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, it's true to say where I could turn to Ashley and said, perhaps she would still end up working with clients down the line if it's a different kind of company or if a different mm-hmm. kind of PT, or maybe she likes a certain doctor in her new community or her new town that she was like, oh, I didn't know you do that. Can you come in and see a couple of patients? And next thing you know, she's honoring her original truth while still making magic with her working mom notes. We don't know. So Mm -hmm. don't to shut things down is foolish. It comes from a a moment of trying to figure out how to make ourselves feel better and hugging ourselves so tight that we might have switched out other room for opportunity. So I really, really, really like your advice, Kimberly. And I also wish I was good at taking it. (laughs) <laughs> I actually, yeah. I'm actually terrible at taking all three of our mantras. I know. Um, I do say Horrible. yes a lot though. I say yes too much though. Like you probably should say yes. One of the, my resolution last year was say yes, but meaning like, okay, yes, I can do that for you, but I need five more minutes or yes, I can do that for you, but I can get it to you at the end of the week. Or yes, I could do that for you, but I'm going to be late. Yes. Or I'm going to be late. Exactly. So in the interest of time, you know, we have a million other questions we could ask, but with multiple guests and such passionate conversation, it gets, we go over, um, we, we like to talk about superpowers a lot, which I think we talked about in, in, in a little bit, as far as we all share, I think a little bit of a superpower in that way, where we have found ways to start conversations with people that don't know how to start them themselves or, empowering others to ask those questions. And those are definitely both of your superpowers. I can tell that for sure. Um, We talk about mantras and superpowers and inspiration. And and I'm glad we covered that just briefly. The last question that we'll end on, just because we love to be able to shout out others as well. We do an exercise with our clientele, which is called the Dream Crush Project, which is essentially... Um, something we started when we were working with college grads to identify companies, people, um, 
you know, organizations that we actually have what we call like a crush on almost where we are just like really into what they're doing. Like we think the way they're doing work, the way they're doing business is just incredible. Or it's something I couldn't live without say, right? It's my water cup and the the brand is Bubba that I'm obsessed with it. It's the only thing that keeps everything cold. It's And it's actually taking that crush and making it actionable. And it's figuring out, can I find somebody that I know that works there? Can I see if they're hiring? It turns the crush into an actual action item for their job search. So I love to ask our guests about if you have what we call a dream crush. Do you have any companies, people, organizations that you look to for inspiration that you would like to shout out? Because then we would tag it, of course, when we post your episode, but any, anybody that you want to shout out, Ash, not to put you on the spot, Ashley, anything locally, nationally, just companies that you'd be interested in? Because also, by the way, just as a sidebar, when people are listening to this, they might hear it and say, let me look them up, see if they're hiring, yada, yada. So um, anything you want to shout out or anybody or person that you'd like to shout out? I know I've been thinking a lot about this and, you know, you touched on some really great points where I really love looking at companies and seeing what they're doing right versus what they're doing wrong. And then trying to emulate that and really use it as an example for what other companies should be doing. Um, for that reason, I love, um, and we are brand loyalists over here. Um, Patagonia brands, just in terms of their company culture and philosophy. I just think it's really beautiful. Um, the way they treat their employees. I don't know internally, but everything I've read about them <laughs> seems very progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know how that would tie into working mom notes, but I always use that as um, like more of someone I really admire how a company was built and the way the brand was created and how they really have defined themselves in a space of advocacy and conservation and really just you know, doubled down on who they are. I think that's Mm -hmm. really admirable without losing any type of integrity by, you know, going off course in some like wild way. So I, I always love that in a brand, in a company. Um, I think that means a lot in this day and age when people are not ego driven, where you see that a lot, um, even in the motherhood space and it's disheartening. So it's nice to see that um, happen and meet other people that want to function within companies in that way. I love that. As a team. (laughs) As a team. I love that. And and if you buy a fleece, it might be pricey, but it'll last for years. Yeah, forever. And and you can return it and they'll exchange it. Yeah, they have great customer service. I love places that have Mm -hmm. good customer service. Um, What about you, Kimberly? I mean, there's several, but I'm going to keep it to three. (laughs) Love it. So I actually love how um, Bobby is changing the space for formula and the conversation with that. Um, They have advocacy in many different areas, but one that's near and dear to my heart is their advocacy on breast cancer um, and feeding and that experience that women go through that have had breast cancer and can't feed their baby um, and kind of navigating those conversations, but also anyone that um, is feeding their baby and the way that they do it. I just love how they're supporting 
all parents in that way. So um, I love Sarah Hardy. Uh, I've spoken to her once or uh, I think twice. And so I'm definitely a fan of the co-founders there um, and, and, and love what they're doing to change the, you know, disrupt the space a bit. Um, And then I love, and you guys might know this company, um, but work human Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a, I just love what they're doing um, to humanize the workplace and really bring um, programming, software, engineering um, to organizations to quantify how to do that. Um, I'm a systems girl at Learning Motherhood. We do a very similar, we do assistance as well. So I love the fact that they offer that. So I fan that company hardcore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then there was one, oh, uh, yeah. And I love, um, it's selfishly just because I love their products, which so many people do is Lululemon. So, mm-hmm. um, huge fan of their, their stuff too. So those are a couple, um, I like those. Those are good ones. Yeah. Good ones in all different areas. And I think yeah. It's just nice to hear what other people enjoy. It's like when I'm in Trader Joe's and I like peek in somebody else's cart, I'm like, what do you buy? I'm like, I want to understand, you know, yeah. and I, that's one of the reasons I love this question because, you know, it, it just opens my eyes to other organizations that make you guys tick. And as somebody that obviously is extremely like-minded, we've spent, you know, 90 minutes realizing how like-minded we are. It's nice to hear what makes you guys excited and, and brands that you're interested in. So those are our questions. We loved having you here today. Speak on behalf of both of us. Um, I know we didn't obviously get, you know, we, and I would love to maybe leave these last few minutes to say, you know, when you guys have a special guest on the podcast, um, we've covered so much today, but anything that you typically would ask of us that we can answer for our listeners, because it's just fun. It'll be different. And, you know, for your listeners, um, you know, something that we can cover fast before we wrap that, you know, turn the tables a bit on us. Yeah. So we always ask at the end of our podcast and we just started an interview series. Um, maybe we can have you guys on separately to like go through the whole list. Um, Love but, it. um, we end each podcast, even when it's just, um, Ashley and I with how did motherhood and career collide for you today? or this week. Uh, so if you guys are cool with it, we can end with that on how motherhood and career collided, um, to end the, end the episode. I don't know if you want to start over there. I'm like looking at my screen, Jamie, (laughs) you know, how did work and Oh God, this is a good one. It's like, how how did it not collide? Let's let's pause. How did it not collide today? Um, So it's, it's really, this is such a good question. Okay. So this morning, this is really raw. I love, I like this question a lot. So (laughs) this, this morning, um, you know, every single, so we live in a town where it's incredible, um, and also very unique in that our kids are extremely independent and they walk or they bike to school at a very young age. And I have to have, unfortunately, an uncomfortable conversation with my now tween, almost 11-year-old son, almost every single day about this. But if it's nice enough, he'll ride his bike. And the conversation today ended up, he, funny enough, didn't end up riding because it was raining when we got up. Um, But 
the conversation, it started with mommy cannot happily and easily be at pickup at 2.55 while I'm working, okay? And so I knew I was podcasting today and I knew I was going to end up having to catch up on emails after this. And that means that in an hour from now, I have to stand up and I have to get in my car and I have to go sit with the, uh, by the way, speaking of no judgment, stay-at-home mom that gets there at 2.15 for a 2.55 pickup and I can't find a spot and then it's raining and I'm Miz. And so I said to him today, I'm like, please ride your bike so that mommy doesn't have to come pick you up, literally. And P.S., of course, I still have to go because it started raining this morning, so he didn't ride his bike. But these are conversations that no one talks about this. It's not like I'm like, and it was such a fight this morning about riding and that it's really hard. And then I calmed down. I'm like, listen, it's just makes my life harder almost every day that I have to come get you. And I need you at almost 11 to start to understand that I work. I work for me. I work for you. And I work because this is the life that we lead. And I need you to hopefully, you know, and I calmly had this conversation with him to say, I wanted to start to real you to really understand that 255 is the middle of the day for me. And I need to, like, I can't always be there to get you. So if it's not freezing, I need you to walk on if you didn't ride that morning. So that's how motherhood and career collided for me this morning, which was a fight about riding your bike versus pickup. Because as we all can relate, pickup is never convenient. Um, It's always at a time that doesn't work, no matter what age they are. Um, Yeah. I'm grateful for 255, though. It's not 1015, which is one of my programs I once did when they were little was like, literally, I dropped them, got a coffee and had to go back. Um, Anyway, Marissa, what about you? It's a great question. Um, today it wasn't. Besides, it besides wasn't, Dave not walking the dog, <laughs> we talked about um, it already. She she went out, but she she came straight back to me because she likes me the most. Um, <laughs> so what was I going to say? So today, my motherhood uh, work collide has not happened yet. It's going to happen soon, but I will mention yesterday's one of many, um, when I was in a really, really, really important meeting and I knew it was a one o'clock meeting. And I also knew that I was on the calendar to speak to a teacher that has zero time to speak to me at two 30. And I said to myself, okay, I'm going to set an alarm on my phone so that I could have enough of a window to transition between one and the other. And it ended up being one of those haphazard 227. The call (laughs) came in early. I hadn't really wrapped the other call. I had to pick up. I had to put the person on hold. Then we got disconnected. Had to call back with a weird number. And then say goodbye to the person. So like, none of that was comfortable. Like not one part of it. And, you know, and I'm like, you know, I'm the type of person and I'm sure you can imagine by my personality, I tend to overcompensate in those moments where instead I, instead of, instead of just being like, Hey, so sorry about that. I, I then, I then have like some sort of like verbal vomit moment that makes it way worse if I just left it alone. So that was yesterday. 
Then you were like um, explaining and apologizing and yes. over like this afternoon. This afternoon's will be much later. After this, I only have candidate calls for the rest of the day. And one, my little one is coming home in the rain, walking with a friend who then will burn my kitchen down because I said that they could bake if it wasn't nice out. So while I'm on the call, <laughs> they're going to ask me every three seconds how, what button to push on the microwave. And then I'll probably get a little elevated, <laughs> little elevated, like just borderline mommy dearest moment, um, you know, and those are my days. But like also like also in touche. And I think we'll end on this. I as crazy as the last few years have got been as crazy as they've been. I've never been more present in my children's life ever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know how fast these years are going the way people have told me all those times before. And I am so incredibly grateful and slightly gray to be here and be present and able to scold over the butter. Like, please don't use that whole stick, you know, and yeah. does she have any allergies? Like yeah. all of those things. <laughs> like I feel so fortunate to be here. And I just I sometimes when I get in my bed at night, I'm exhausted every day. Mm -hmm like a physical exhaustion. That's what middle age is. It's just physical and emotional exhaustion at all times. Um, I get into my bed every day and there's a moment of, and then there's a moment of gratitude. And when the, way, the alarm goes the off, the only morning, other time I exhale like that is after drop off when they're both yes, gone. I'm like, in the morning I wake up and it's the same thing. I think, Oh, I don't really want to get out because there's just so much to do the minute my feet come out. Right. And then on the other hand, I'm grateful. And mm -hmm. I just am trying to put the grateful in as much as possible to negate all of the elegant malaise. <laughs> the elegant malaise. <laughs> so well said. Well, elegant malaise, including elegant the dog malaise. wanting the peanut butter bone that obviously she didn't get when he <laughs> took her out. So I'm doing this while on the phone to distract her. On, on that note, on the elegant malaise, this was such a joy, you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Um, thank you to Ming at A Shared Universe that does all of our sound. And also, I didn't get a chance to mention prior, but thank you to Career Canvas. She was our sponsor today, our girlfriend, Kelly Barnard. She is an incredible executive coach um, that does kind of, we as we always say, she kind of picks up where we leave off. So if you're looking for resume and career and kind of strategy, that's our that's our bread and butter. And Kelly really digs deep, you know, in maybe helping like a Kimberly deciding to go out and do like this a, and right, unpack like yeah. an expat, like somebody that used to be you that was like, all right, now what am I going to do next? Um, she really does that. She actually has a, a masterclass coming up. I actually think it's today um, also that I'll just plug fast. Um, she's on the West Coast, so it's uh, 4 p.m. Pacific. Um, about, you know, chasing dream jobs as well. Very like-minded to Marissa and I. So thank you to Kelly and your support. Thank you to Ming. And thank you to our guests. I'm so and happy to you have guys, you here. It is such a pleasure to, to, to meet you both and to be surrounded, Kelly at Career Canvas included, um, by professional healers, because that's what we are. Agreed. Um, thank you. That's what we are. We're helping others do things that we had a hard time doing. Yep. And we continue to get up every day amongst all of our other challenges 
to help others figure out how to do what they're doing better. And I commend you for being present for people in the regular day-to-day moments. I really, really love what you're both are doing. And I'm proud to be connected to you. Agreed. Ditto. Thank you. It was Ditto. a pleasure Ditto. talking to you both. Yeah. Yeah. Thank I, you. Hope, so, I hope she gets to, I hope she gets to Rutgers this weekend. Oh, thank you. Same. Same. All right, you guys, thank you so much. You know, every once in a while you meet somebody through choice or through their dream catchers that you want to help even further than we already do, Um, that you want to just kind of give them that extra TLC um, and that direction. And as much as I want to be able to do that and you want to be able to do that, I think our friend Kelly can do a better job than we can, just time-wise. I agree. Kelly launched something called the Career Canvas. She is, she was introduced to me actually through my friend Erica, who I've known forever in many different areas of my life. And she just knew we'd have a lot in common. And she was 100% right. I mean, we were just like cut from the same cloth. She helps people navigate a pivot, a big change, even trying to get more money at work, which I feel like so many people have no idea how to even try to do. So she has all sorts of different coaching um services probably even more classes master classes she has one coming up she has them all over her website check that out um on her instagram which is career.canvas or thecareercanvas.com uh she has so many great things coming up and also you know it's really i said this earlier about her and i believe it it's like she picks up where we leave off and vice versa yep if you need your resume done we can do that but if you need like true life coaching or you need that help to get back to your gut instinct you know, or what moves you and you're struggling professionally to figure out what it is that you really want to be doing. She's somebody that will help you unpack and that. hold your hand the whole way, which it's is why she is a extension of professional therapy. If yeah. You know. Which is why she's a huge brand crush of ours and Dreamcatchers approved. Want more from the Dreamcatchers? Check us out. www.thedreamcatchers.life. In the spring of 2020, we launched the Dreamcatchers Web, an inclusive professional membership network dedicated to cultivating community and providing content about career inspiration and making magic. Are you a dream maker looking to inspire or a dream chaser looking for inspiration? Either way, join us today. A portion of our proceeds will benefit the Mental Health Association of Monmouth County because now more than ever, we need to bring light to the darkness. Thank you in advance for helping us lead with light. Everybody's looking for something